welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Bridgerton on Netflix. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another very exciting episode of The Pemberley Podcast. Before we dive into episode five of Bridgerton, season two, we want to talk about an exciting movie that both of us saw. We haven't talked about this. Hopefully you want to gush about it. I want to gush about it. We both saw everything, everywhere, all at once, which is something that I've just been seeing around. Yeah. I've been hearing about it. No one really talks about what it's about, only that it ta- it, it deals with uh, the multiverse, which, like, everyone, I think, kind of knows what that is. This is the first movie that I've really seen, like, embrace the multiverse of it. But it's such a weird, beautiful movie. I cried multiple times. Really? I don't know if, if it made you emotional, but, like... At the end of the day, this movie is about a family. Yeah. And it's about like a love story with the mom and the daughter and with the husband and the wife. I saw that and I was like, how did they make this? That was so hard. (laughs) It was hard to understand, but also easy. And it must have just been so... Everything is hard to make, but this must have been exceptionally hard to make. I didn't even know it was like really a multiverse movie. So I went into it not knowing what to expect. Yeah. But I just saw people saying like, this is such a good movie. I think it's been just a long time since I've seen something so original. It's really tough to compare it to anything else because it's so singular. I think I had seen the everything bagel, doom bagel on TikTok. And I was like, what is this? And I went past it. And then I saw it in the movie. I was like, oh, that's from TikTok. (laughs) So so that was funny. Um, Really great, really great cast. Stephanie Sue is also in this, which I spent... The entire movie trying to place her. Oh, yeah. I was like, I know you. Who are you? (laughs) She's May from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. I can't remember the last time I saw a movie that made my jaw drop. Yeah. In terms of like what it was, where it was going. It was weird, but it wasn't weird for the sake of being weird. Yes. Everything was important. Everything made sense. The rules, sometimes they didn't make sense, but I have a feeling if I watched it more times, I would... I would see how it would all come together. Sure. Yeah, Truly, yeah. I was just watching it like, how did they pitch it? How did they how write did it? How did it get made? How did they film it? Because... The Russo brothers are behind producing it, I believe. They yeah, produced so, it. But yeah. the, the Daniels, um, yes. all these these guys who are just like units, yes. <laughs> um, they wrote and directed it. And they did Swiss Army Man, which I've never seen, hmm. and something else. But they did a lot of music videos before this. Oh, and cool. I'm just like, oh, they're going to win Oscars Well, that's now. why it was like so visually beautiful. So it's gorgeous. You can't really spoil it without explaining the premise. And I think it's better if people just go in blind. I think it's so much better if we're like, it's amazing, go see it. And then you just see it and you know exactly what we're talking about. That's what I've been telling people is like, I didn't know much about it going into it. And I had the best time. So you also don't. Like, read about it. Don't look at a trailer. Don't do anything. Just go see it. Also, when I saw it, it was, like, very full theater. So I had to oh, sit in really? the- Oh, really? Well, I just sit in the very front. Nice. And oh, that- wow. That was a trip. Okay. <laughs> to, like, be in the very first row. Yeah. Trying to read all the subtitles. Trying to just, like, take everything in with my eyes. Yeah. Um, but it was- It's a very visceral movie. Like, yes. I've never seen something where I, I actually, like, felt not just, like, oh, the character, but it's just, like, there's so much happening 
happening that makes you think yeah. and feel. I think there is such a difference too, as we like, we've been pandemicking for so long and now, you know, people are going to movies more of seeing a movie for the first time at home versus seeing it in theaters. Yeah. Where I think like, I might have lost focus at home because it's like, there are things to distract you or you yeah. might have gotten up to like, get a drink or a snack or something. And here you are just like fully immersed and you can only focus in on what the rules are here. So I think it is a movie that if it is in theaters near you, try to go see it. It'll blow your mind. Diving into episode five now, previously on Bridgerton, the Ton comes to Aubrey Hall for the Bridgerton's Grand Ball where things heat up between Anthony and Kate. To dissuade any rumors of anything happening between them, Anthony finally proposes to Edwina. So they are officially on. The wedding is happening. There's no turning back. Anthony and Kate, who? They cannot be (laughs) together. He's cemented this thing like we talked about in the last episode. There was always time. It would be awkward, but now they are affianced, engaged, official. Literally no turning back. Can't be done. Unless, of course, Edwina ends things. Right. That is the only sensible way. It is the only polite way for this thing to dissolve. Yeah. I wrote here in the outline, we pick up on desire. Yes. Because Kate is just going through all these flashbacks of these moments she's had with Anthony of them being close together. And it can only live in her mind because he is now engaged to her sister. So they can be no more. But now Kate can't get Anthony out of her mind. They go to the queen and the queen's like, great. My matchmaking skills are still going strong. Still got it. I am going to put on this whole wedding. Don't worry about a penny. I have it all taken care of. Really, this is a little bit of a dig still toward Lady Whistledown. She's like, that'll show her. Like, I'm, I've still got it. <laughs> it's so insane just because weddings in general cost for normal people, cost so much money. Yeah. And the fact that Queen is the Queen is like, I'm going to throw my diamond, the most lavish yes. ball, and I'm going to be sitting on the stage at the yes. altar with the groom and the bride. I'm like, oh my god. Like, the pressure is mounting. And oh, yeah. It is going to continue to mount. Yeah, because Anthony's like, I just thought like a small wedding with family, we can just get it done. But no, the queen's going to make the biggest spectacle of this because it is her diamond. It's like her wedding. (laughs) So she's she's happy with it. I mean, and we'll sort of see this in an upcoming episode. She is a little bit living vicariously through Edwina. I will say this situation does feel like, is this a Prince Charles Diana situation where he's in love with someone else and still proposes and is going to go through with this? Honestly, you just made that, by bringing Charles and Diana into this, you just really like brought it home because, you know, we're all rooting for Kate and Anthony. Yeah. But you've got this naive young doe who's getting married to her Prince Charming. Who's the diamond. The diamond. He doesn't love her. I mean, Anthony, it's weird because I don't even want to say like, well, Anthony's so much better than Charles because he's, I hated him. I hated his guts last season. Yeah. Now- or just lusting after him, like as an audience. But that's very interesting, very interesting uh, pop culture reference to bring into this. Yes. So they are needing to move forward with wedding proceedings and all those things. So he stops by for a wedding ring fitting. The jeweler, Mr. Brooks, is like, oh, I'm sure 
Kate and Edwina should like have similar hands. So like they try the ring on her. Anthony holds her hand for a little too long. It's just like things aren't going to get easier for them. Their families are bound together now forever. Everything wedding wise too. Like they're going to have all these events together. So there's no escaping each other. No. So it's, which is only going to make things even tougher between them. He refuses to acknowledge anything that happened between them. Even though Kate is like something almost happened. Like we need to acknowledge that. And he's like no nothing happened between us so but he keeps you know smelling her and being like i'm a gentleman i would never do anything um yeah which is you know interesting because like to the public yes he is a gentleman but we know who the true anthony bridgerton is we've got your number anthony bridgerton we know who you are you yes this whole i'm a gentleman nonsense is you reminding yourself who you are supposed to be. Yeah. Can yeah, I just yeah. also say, because he keeps smelling her, and we're just like, stop it, it's too much. Clearly Netflix, Shonda, needs to make, like, a Bath and Body Works line yeah. of Kate Sharma's scent, and it's Lily's. Like, that's her signature <laughs> scent, and he's can't get enough of it. It's like Lily's and pheromones. It's just... That. I mean, we've seen that they have makeup, which like the makeup isn't a big thing in this show. I'm like, you should be making a perfume of this. Perfume. <laughs> so the hair oil. oil literally everything Lily Kate Sharma put his face on it. Call it <laughs> I am a gentleman. Does it have anything to do with the lilies? No. no, but we know what it means. And women, I just can see the TikToks of women dousing themselves in it, walking by their husbands and then being like, <laughs> what is this? It's just like, t- t- you can't keep your hands off me, right? <laughs> so I did see a TikTok that was like, why is he so obsessed with like her center? Like, why is he so obsessed with smelling her? And there was this thing about how people back then also didn't take baths often. Nope. But that custom was more common in India and they would take these baths and they would have these like wonderful smelling oils to put in their hair and use a soap and everything so that's why also she is she just smells better than everyone <laughs> so she's just crushing the competition yes. by taking a bath yeah it's, yeah it always cracks me up because especially the English for like a very long time yeah like water was filthy dirty so they thought right. it killed you which it didn't dirty water killed you <laughs> like you were baptized check and then took like one bath a year maybe yeah and you, like shared that bath water with your whole <laughs> family it's like i'm grossed out just thinking about it but yeah there was like a lot of other cultures that figured it out yeah that, like the key to just not being grotesque was to just take a bath i love that theory that's yeah i love the idea that like if we were to actually be in bridgerton everyone smells like crap yeah and then it's just like you notice this lily smell and you're like Whoever it is, I'm marrying her. Yeah. Like, I want that smell. She's just annihilating the competition. Yes. So they're engaged. And so we are now promenading around mm-hmm. the, par- the promenade, the park. The park. Where- wherever we are. By the probably- lake. Probably Hyde Park or whatever. Yeah. Edwina, she got a ring on it. She's happy. And now that she's taken care of, she's like, Kate, you should be having fun. You should be. And now that Anthony is back to just completely ignoring her, she's like, you know what? Yeah, I do deserve a little fun. I took care of my sister. She's engaged. So there's a a guy who's kind of been hanging around who's like, you know, I would love to row, row, row my boat with you. The look on Anthony's face (laughs) as she's being helped into this rowboat 
he's just like, I don't like that guy. I've never liked that guy. Hate his gut. They're not right together. They're friends. He's the one he used to try to like distract Kate and spend more time with, with Edwina. And now he's like, I never liked this Mr. Dorset. He's bad. He's a bad man. <laughs> and if it isn't the consequences of his own actions, because yes. <laughs> he did technically set them up in the beginning. Yeah. And now he just like, he's burning with rage, not even paying attention to the conversation. He's not listening no. to his fiance. And Edwina is talking to him and he's looking at Kate and she's like, who are you looking at? Oh, there's Kate. Why are you looking at Kate? <laughs> like she doesn't pick up on any of these signs. This might be one of my favorite scenes of the season, yes. but this is another like Pride and Prejudice walked so that Anthony could run. It's this picture is everywhere, but you know, yeah. this guy, Mr. Dorset, is no good at helping a lady out of a boat. Can't be done. Not possible. Anthony insists on helping her out and she takes his hand and like goes out. Then he backs up, trips over Newton. Poor Newton. Doesn't apologize to Newton. <laughs> and he and Mr. Dorset both fall into this very shallow lake. You yeah. know, no one's in danger of drowning. It's very shallow. He didn't have to, but he took off. Mr. Dorset didn't, but he takes I off know. his coat, takes off his thing. And I don't know how many fabrics the costume team went through to see the right amount of, how can we just make a shirt disappear? <laughs> <laughs> It's just basically dissolving off of him. It's like a cotton candy shirt. Yes. Like it's just completely dissolved, clinging to him. He's wet, but his hair still looks amazing. <laughs> oh my, are you hurt? Not at all. The water is a rather welcoming refreshment. Is it not, Bruce? Woo! Refreshing indeed. Come now, it is not proper to stare. Technically, Edwina can be staring because that is her fiance. Mm -hmm. Kate should not be staring. So poor Newton. I hope he's recovered fine. No one asked about him and that was rude. Yes, he should. He's I mean, a good, he's the best boy. This is why Newton has a grudge against Anthony. <laughs> so he's like, how dare he? I always knew you'd do this, man. Yes. So we've caught Kate publicly lusting after Anthony Bridgerton, which hopefully everyone did. Like, I do yeah. hope everyone did that. Uh, he made a spectacle of himself. He brought that on himself. So really, Lady Bridgerton sees what's going on between them, and she wants the best for Anthony. And even though I feel like she still sees a way out of this, she's like, you know what, you proposed, but you're not married yet. Like, once you get married, yeah, yeah that's it. You know, you can't turn things around. Can't get unmarried. Um, but she does want to, like, encourage him, like... She does present that or put it in his mind of, you can't end the engagement, but Edwina can end the engagement. It happens all the time with young ladies, swept up in the dizziness of receiving a proposal before the reality of marriage becomes clear. If Miss Edwina were to call off the engagement, no one would find fault with her. And you would not be dishonoring her in the slightest, releasing her from the obligation before any vows were exchanged. She does not wish to end the engagement. But does she know your true feelings on the matter? Just planting that idea in his mind is enough to at least get him thinking about it. And of course, he's like not open to having these conversations with his sister, with his mom. He's like, I've set out to do this thing. I'm going to keep my word. But at least it's that possibility is in his mind now, which is enough and all really Lady Bridgerton can do. And, you know, she does tell him, your father wouldn't be happy to see you like this. Ooh, big guns. And she walks out on that line because she was like, he can't say anything about that. It must be so hard to be a mom of men like this because yeah. it's like, 
you have to tell them what to do because they're just wrong all the time. <laughs> but they hate being told what to yeah. do. It's funny because I watched the scene and I'm like, nah, she's got a point. But if Anthony Bridgerton hates anything, it's having other people tell him what to do. Yes. Even though he does want to do what is the most popular thing to do. But yes. at this point, he thinks it's only a couple of parties who's like, you belong with Kate. What about that Kate? Yeah. Before we get to the big part of this episode, which is that Lady Danbury has invited the Sheffields over to a dinner with the Bridgertons, the Sharmas, and, you know, they're all going to pretend to be a big happy family. Let's dive into some of the other characters and, and what's going on with them. So what's going on with some of the other Bridgertons? Benedict, I mean, he's still just a sort of loose, keeping it loose art student. He's gotten into art school. He's thrilled. School is in session with a figure drawing class. You know what that means. Nudity. Yeah. So he's drawing naked. <laughs> Naked people. He's having a ball. I'm really very curious to see how they build out his character over the next yes. few seasons because sometimes I just blink and I'm like, oh, right, Benedict. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, what are you doing yeah. here? He's happy as a clam, just being the second son and doing his little art projects. Next is Eloise. And Eloise goes through quite a bit of change in these episodes because for the very first time she's got a crush on a boy. Additionally, she's also reawakened her search for Lady Whistledown. So she's made her way to the sketchy part of town to investigate. Hopefully she's a bit more discreet than Penelope <laughs> so that when she gets caught, she just runs away. Yeah. She's been quite taken with the handsome Theo Sharp, who is a an apprentice of the print shop. He's handsome. He looks like a little Disney prince. And she's into it. She flirts with him, starts ditching her female friend, lying about her whereabouts to see him. It's dangerous because Eloise has never thought about her social class a day in her life. Yeah. She just sees it as like men versus women, patriarchy overall. She doesn't really realize how good she has it. She sees the balls and the gowns and the frills as this huge burden. She is so not aware of how this looks to her family. And in fact, that's part of her thing. She doesn't care about how things look. Penelope knows that this is just a huge scandal waiting to happen. I mean, Penelope is the one who's picking up what's going on. She follows Eloise to see her talking to Theo. So now not only does she confirm she's on the wrong side of town, she is talking to a boy of a different class and she's alone. She's out there alone. Um, she tells her mom, I'm going to a, a flower arranging lecture. Like that's what I'm going to be up to. Her mom totally buys it and is oblivious to that. The fact that there is no flower arranging lecture. So she what has a lot that, of trust in her kids and, and what their whereabouts are. What would that even look like? What would a flower arranging lecture? I'm just trying to picture a TED talk where it's would, all about flower <laughs> arranging. I love flowers, but I'm like, I know. that would be boring. I would hope it's interactive and they actually get to like cut flowers and whatever. But I don't know. Is that part of what a lady does? Does a lady arrange flowers or does she give the direction of how to arrange the flowers? Someone else does it. Who knows? Who knows? She thinks Eloise is changing for the better. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, she's just becoming more and more like Anthony. Yes. <laughs> lying and trying to get away with stuff all the time, yeah. thinking the rules don't apply to her. And then just being like, oh, just kidding. There are rules. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> so that's what kind of was happening with our 
the Bridgerton family. What about the Featheringtons? What's going on there? On the same promenade where the lake incident happened, Prudence is proudly showing off her engagement. She's like, look at me, look at me. But like everyone is more enthralled with the Anthony and Edwina engagement. So she's not getting the attention she expected to get, but she is still happily engaged. Lady Featherington, though, is very aware of how much of a mess they're in. They need money. Really, what they end up on is Cousin Jack has these fake rubies. And she shows them off to that same jeweler who is doing the wedding ring fitting. And he's like, yes, these are very expensive rubies. You should take care of them. And I'm like, okay, this jeweler is not a legit jeweler. He doesn't know what he's doing. But for Lady Featherington, she's like, this is great. We managed to fool the town jeweler. So everyone's going to believe him when he says they're very valuable. We could use this to our advantage. The maid actually points out a good thing, like, you better hope he has more of those rubies. So that kind of sparks something within Lady Featherington, like, yes, these rubies are going to run out. So I got to come up with a bigger scheme than just selling these rubies. So something is brewing in her mind. She just really wants to maintain their image, which is already a little bit on the rocks too, because they're not getting the invitations that they expected to be getting. I feel like this is an episode that really shows how nouveau riche the Featheringtons are. I mean, she played herself in the last episode when she botched the Cressida engagement and then found out that her own heir is broke. (laughs) And so he was going to be the money. He's not the money. So now they need money. I mean, the Bridgertons don't have to worry about this at all. They got money for days, years, centuries. I know there's going to be a new series following like the queen, basically the mamas and the queen when they were young. And I hope we get to see Lady Featherington because I get the sense that she's from not this wealthy background at Mm. all. No one else in this world, I mean, kind of the Sharmas, but they're yeah. They're playing the game right. They've got a sponsor. They've got Lady Danbury to say, and I present the Sharmas to yeah. everyone. And so they're like, they've been legitimized in a way that the Featheringtons just haven't. Lady Featherington is just, you know, waiting for her daughters to marry well. And that's the thing that's going to secure their place in society. And she wants to go to parties and she wants invitations and she wants to be popular. And it's just not happening for her right now. So yeah. she's... She's trying to get money in whatever way she can, <laughs> even if it means doing, f- like, making fake rubies and selling them. It's going to be like a pyramid scheme. If it's it actually. is going to be a pyramid scheme yeah. if it's something that I think is going to play out a lot more next episode. Yeah. But, you know, essentially we're going to be like, oh, like, rubies in America. Like, you can't just call America and ask <laughs> how the ruby mines are doing. Like, it's so funny because now there are just so many different ways to verify people and who yeah. they are on social media and see if like a company is legit. There was just no way. To, I'm like, everyone was probably a liar back then because you could just yeah. say anything. They're not going to like find someone in Georgia and be like, how are the rubies doing? Like yeah. they can't do that. No one no. has the time. We'll see how the Featheringtons are going because they're like very much down on their luck right now. And Penelope is just sort of running around being Lady Whistletown and she's still sitting on so much money. She's got so much cash underneath her floorboards and we're just not talking about it. Yeah. And we don't really get a sense of like 
how much she's saving up to. Like, it'll be interesting to, I'm sure eventually we'll find out, like, what is the scale of, like, how much her business has grown to? Which also part of the Featheringtons is, like, her business with the Modis is going great. It's cruising along. So with that, let's go back to the Sharma slash Anthony Bridgerton. Lady Danbury has set up this big dinner to reunite the families of the Sheffields, the Sharmas, and the Bridgertons. Mary Sharma has not seen her parents since she left. They have not met Edwina at all, and they have refused to acknowledge uh, them entirely. So this is the first time that they're seeing each other in a very long time, and the Sheffields are just completely awful. Lady Sheffield does not even acknowledge her daughter, even like she does not acknowledge Kate whatsoever, mm-hmm. but they are so adoring of Edwina. They're like, you're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. I can't believe you're here. You're the diamond. It's almost like restoring them back into society because they had to, in their words, flee because of the scandal that their daughter caused. Yeah. The point of this dinner is to reconcile and bring everyone together. It does everything but that, (laughs) really. The Sheffields, they deserve whatever exile they did just because of how evil they are to their daughter and to Kate. And they just like look down on them. Lady Sheffield, I really must We could not show our faces in society for years. Not that she should care. She simply sailed away from all of us with that man robbing us of our grandchild. Grandchildren, I have two daughters with whom you have had every opportunity to form a connection, but the choice to shun us was yours alone. I beg you. And do not think I took it lightly. It's basically at this time that the Sheffields reveal their arrangement with Kate, which is that Edwina has to marry a titled gentleman in order to inherit a sizable dowry, and then they'll take care of Mary, and Kate will just sort of quietly go back to India, living out her life as in more of the working class. This is news to everybody. Yeah. Personally, I don't understand why the Sheffields would write to Kate and not to Mary about this thing, uh, because it's such a big thing and they don't even acknowledge Kate at all. And and frankly, I don't get why, but this does sort of piss Anthony off and everyone to sort of hear that it almost looks like they've been playing the Bridgertons, you know? It looks pretty bad on the Sharma girls. Anthony steps the F up here and says, you're the worst people I've ever met. You have insulted this family in every possible way. Like they're going to be like, I'm going to be married to this family. It's like, you're insulting me. Get out. You're never allowed back here ever again. I also love that he's kicking them out and it's not his house. Yeah. They are at Lady Danbury's yeah. house. Yeah. She's the one hosting this dinner. So the fact that he kicks them out of, out of a house that isn't even his own is the best part of this. Yep. I will say that Lady Danbury does know about the arrangement, so I think Violet quickly clocks that this is not news to Lady Danbury, which is also its own betrayal of you knew the truth, you didn't confide in me as a friend to tell me what's going on. I think for, you know, Violet, it would have shed some more light on the situation of why Kate even feels so obliged to go forward with this. And I feel like it's maybe was her father who told Kate about this arrangement and Kate just felt like I'm the oldest daughter I need to hold on to this I'm not going to tell my mom I'm not going to tell Edwina because she knows that also this trip had a lot of pressure on it to have the added pressure of like these are the requirements you need to fulfill it in order to be 
in order to get this dowry would have been a lot but Kate needs to trust her little sister more. Yeah. She needs to let her face some struggles and face the world a little more. But she is just trying to shield any kind of harm from coming her way. Well, Kate's been really put down her whole life. I mean, she's yeah. like born to a lowborn guy and a lowborn woman that we never hear anything about. Her father married a sort of rich girl who lost her fortune when she married him. And yeah. so... I think she's always kind of felt like a bit of an outsider. In a lot of ways, this is where she and Anthony are the exact same person. They're shouldering their family's burden. They're trying to look out for their situation. They feel the pressure. They This is very Louisa from Encanto of them. Mm, like they yeah. feel that pressure to take care of everything. It's finally just become too much and it's, yeah. it's all come out and it's all come down on her and it's a, a very bad thing. And then. And then. <laughs> so Anthony storms out. I mean, he's... A lot of emotion is bubbling here, and I here's why he should be upset. He just found out that the woman he has proposed to sort of like set her sights on him to inherit a great deal of money. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't think is a scandal because that's <laughs> just how it was back then. And yeah. he, it's not like he wants to marry for love anyway, so he should respect her. Her agenda, if Edwina was in on it. This is all Kate's fault because she's the only one who knew about it. And so she was like, please, like, please marry my sister. Please don't call it off. And this, this actually gives Anthony, like, the perfect out. We've talked about no U-turns. Being insulted and being lied to would give him grounds to end this engagement with Edwina. And this is the second, like, one of the biggest Anthony speeches. So tell me, what has she done? She has done nothing. It is you. You have made this match impossible. But I am leaving for India. And it is not far enough. Do you think that there is a corner of this earth that you could travel to far away enough to free me from this torment? I am a gentleman. My father raised me to act with honor, but that honor is hanging by a thread that grows more precarious with every moment I spend in your presence. You are the bane of my existence the object of all my desires. Night and day, I dream of you. They don't kiss still, there's no touching, no touching, but his mouth does get very, very close to her. We are deceased, essentially. Their feelings are so clear, but the situation is so complicated. It's like he's physically in pain at the idea of not being with her. And the fact that they have to continue and always see each other and be around each other is just torture for him. It's torture for both of them. And he is trying to find some kind of flimsy excuse of being like, we can't be together. Guess the, the whole thing's off and somehow maybe we'll find our way to be together. But Kate isn't going to let him off so easy. But they have this really big moment together. And, you know, that's the quote that's been quoted so many times now. And... And we've seen it all over videos and TikTok and Instagram and wherever. It's such a great line. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that still is going to be able to break them apart is Edwina. Edwina is still the key here, which then Kate goes home and she talks to Edwina. Obviously, Edwina's like heartbroken because Kate kept this from her. But she's still insisting on marrying the person she loves. And upon saying loves... That just refocuses Kate in every possible way. She's like, okay, my sister is in love with Anthony. She sees this as a love match. Yeah. 
I cannot break that. Nope. No, and I think this was she was going to try and be honest from the beginning with her and say, "Look, there's another layer to this that you should know." Yeah. And the and the weird thing about this is they haven't done anything wrong. Like no. they have not been hooking up behind her back. They have not been doing anything scandalous other than being alone in libraries together. Right. They've been to they've been alone a lot actually. They've been <laughs> alone an awful lot. But upon, yeah, you're right, like upon hearing that Edwina now loves Anthony for standing up for their family and defending their honor, nothing is sexier than that in her (laughs) eyes. And she's like, it's him. I knew I chose right. He's the diamond in my eyes. Like, he's She's in this really precarious situation where they've been trying not to make their feelings a factor in this. Now it's it's out there. Like, he's basically admitted his feelings for her. This whole arrangement has been working because they are not acknowledging their feelings. Right. And they're going to keep all their feelings right here. Then one day, they'll die. Yes. Like, that's Kate's plan. And Anthony is now like, I'm hot for you. I am obsessed with you. I can't stop thinking. And it's a problem. It's being very emotionally dishonest to Edwina, who wants a love match. So the next morning, early, they go off riding into the woods. Which, like, they hadn't planned. I mean, they didn't didn't plan that night to meet in the library. They didn't plan for this early morning ride. But they can't stop thinking about each other. So they have to clear their minds. They go on this ride and happen to run into each other again, alone, (laughs) alone. And well, cause she always takes the early morning rides. And I think maybe he was hoping to run into her. I think he was. And they, they have like another big conversation where he still has grounds to end this arrangement. He's putting all the pressure on her. He's like, you uh, once again, the most Anthony Bridgerton thing to do is you tell me what you want me to do, and I will do it. If you want me to end it and we can be together, I'll do it. Kate is convinced that their lust and their feelings for each other will fade over time. Mm-hmm. Like, she's playing the long game, and she's yeah. like, you know what, I'm hot for this guy, but I'm sure that'll go away in a couple of months. Like, I will feel nothing for him. <laughs> It'll be fine. She plays that card. She's like, yeah. you know what, I think that our feelings for each other will go away. Our feelings are back to not being a factor. So he's just like, all right, she's not going to have feelings for me. I'm not going to have feelings for her. (laughs) Suck on that. And that's kind of how he feels. There are like these multiple moments post engagement where they have to reassure one another. Like we're going forward with this. Like you are going forward with this wedding. You're going to marry my sister. And they're like, are you sure? Are you sure? (laughs) And so even though Anthony has professed his true feelings, Kate has not yet done the same, even though she has not denied any feelings, but she is never going to say them, at least for now, because she wants to maintain her sister's happiness. So yes, the wedding is still on. They're going to put whatever dowry scandal aside because Anthony doesn't need a dowry. So he is fine. He can deal with it. We'll see what happens next. Keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>